Do we journey through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse? Luke 21. And then as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations, he said, Jesus speaking, these things which you see, the days will come which not one stone shall be left upon another, and they shall be thrown down. <laughs> you could imagine <laughs> the disciples who asked him, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? Three questions. When will these things be? What will be the sign that they're, uh, I'm sorry, let me do it again. Teacher, but what will these things be, and what sign will be there when these things are about to take place? And so he said, Take heed that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask that you just bless our time today, Lord, as we look at this topic of being deceived. And so, Lord, speak to us and touch us. Empower us, Lord, by your Spirit, and bless those who are not with us today, in Jesus' name, amen. So that passage of chapter 21, verse 8, when Jesus speaks of being deceived. But before that, uh, he's, he's asked this question, and the question was, Lord, look how great the temple is. And you could only imagine the disciples who are sitting there, right? And the Lord... Look at the temple, and then he says to them, now remember a couple of chapters ago, he already said this to them. He said that it was going to be not one stone would be left upon another. He's already gone, gone into that. That's why I'm not going to mention that today, because he has already said that. But what he says to them in verse 8 is interesting to me, because as he now launches into the Olivet Discourse, a message, one of the longest that Jesus will give. Uh, Matthew writes uh, about it as well as Luke, and it's important for us to note that, and we're not going to build on it today because we're really focusing on one thing, but this message is from a Jewish teacher writing to a Jewish people. Everybody get that? And we're going to re-say that next week and the week after until we get through this Olivet Discourse. But please note with me, before he even gets into prophetic events that are coming, before he even goes into that, into the tribulation period, what does he tell us? Verse 8, take heed that you do not be, circle, underline it, star it, highlight it, deceived. That's important. And by the way, we're going to get to this at the end because we'll reread this verse, but we're going to take a journey today. He says, for many will come in my name. And we'll deceive, uh, uh, Matthew says, we'll deceive many, even the very elect. Uh, the idea is even my people, the Jews, will be deceived. Now, I wanted to give you the definition of deceived and this is our road <laughs> roadmap today. Calm down. I know there are a lot of verses there, but that's what we're doing today. I know I have a second service, but we're going to get through them today. Deceived. This word deceived. By the way, who loves to be deceived? Raise your hand. 
If you are, you're a weirdo. No one likes it. By the way, what is your feeling like when you have been deceived or duped? And you're like, oh, I just feel, oh, is there a soap for that? Right? This is the definition. To cause to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. Isn't that amazing? I love I love definitions because I believe in our country we have left definitions or we have rechanged them to mean something that they never meant to mean in the first place. There are a lot of people, companies, governments in this world that cause people to accept what they say is true or valid all the while they know that it is false or invalid. Jesus warns us of that, and he is warning us of a religious deception. But there's much more to deception than just religious deception. Deception is an act or a statement which misleads, hides the truth, or promotes a belief, concept, or idea that is not true. It is often done for gain, personal gain, or advantage. Deception can involve Dissimulation, propaganda, we'll get into that today, sleight of hand as well as distraction, camouflage, or concealment. Now, I will address those areas where people were deceived in the Bible. We're going to go through this list and we're going to look at deception in the Bible. But I also want to bring up today our modern deceptions. And by the way, this is not an exhausted list. I could have listed out every single deception, and we would be here for a couple of years. But I, I want you to note this. You know, the Bible says uh, that when, when the Holy Spirit is poured upon men, that young men will dream dreams and old men will see visions. Remember that? This message came to me in like three different uh, dreams that I had. Uh, I... I don't like, wow, because uh, it kind of freaked me out a little bit too, to the point where I came down yesterday and wrote this message out. And my son's like, you know it's important because dad don't go to church on a Sunday or a Saturday morning to write it out. But then I thought I was really excited. I'm still young then because the Bible says I'm not seeing visions yet, so I'm not at old. Amen? So your pastor's still young but having dreams. But as I was typing this out, I just kept thanking the Lord. I'm like, oh, Lord, thank you for that one. Thank you for that. He kept bringing this list. So this list is for somebody, and I'm pretty sure most of us, this list is going to apply to us. So let's take a, take a look at the first one. And by the way, you got to keep me on track because we got to get through this today. I can't do a two-parter of this. My blood pressure will just go too high. Genesis 3, and again, this is a no-brainer because this is the beginning. I actually have these for us. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, 
But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch of it, lest you die. (laughs) And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God knows that in that day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so, the first deception, the beginning deception is this, you can be like God. That's the first and biggest deception. By the way, that is the biggest deception that will continue all the way through as we work our way through the tribulation period. That you can be like God, that you can make your own direction. And speaking of that direction, well, well, that'll be the third one. Let's get to the, the second one. That is Genesis chapter 9, verse 18. I'm trying to do these in order for everyone. Genesis 9, 18 says, Now the sons of Noah went out of the ark, and they were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. Now these were the sons of Noah. And from these, please note with me, the whole earth was populated. And now Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. And then he drank of the wine and was drunk. And he become uncovered in his tent. Translation, he's naked. Thank you. That's old King James there. So what is the second big deception? That you can drink. What's the worst that can happen? You get drunk. And you get naked. (laughs) I didn't want to, do you see that? We look at these topics, and we're going to see a lot of these topics, and we we look at them from the world's perspective, and we go, well, that's not harmless. That's the deception. The deception is, oh, it's not harmful to me. Well, Noah is probably, he built an ark for 100 years. Anyone else do anything for 100 years? He was, and what does he do? He too gets drunk and he gets naked. He does something foolish after he drinks. Shocker. Guys, I want you to see the deception. And the deception is the world says this and the Bible says this. There is a deception. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 11. Let's have the first governmental deception. Oh, you knew that was coming. Genesis chapter 11, now when the whole earth had one language and one speech. By the way, not to go deep into this because we don't have a lot of time, that's why there's a Noah, Bible, or Noah uh, boat story in every single uh, people group on planet earth because they all had one language at one point. They all knew the account of Genesis. They all knew Noah and that account. Now, the whole earth had one language and one speak, and so it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And this is in modern-day Iraq. And then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had a brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city a tower whose top is in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad 
over the face of the earth. By the way, have you ever looked at that? And if you spent any time here, you've heard me mention this. But you look at a section like this until it dawns on you um, that they made bricks. And what is a brick? A brick is something that is the same. Each one of them are the same. This is the first communism right here. Everybody is equal. Well, not really. We'll get to that in a minute. So this first governmental deception is you can make your own way. Did you see that? Let us build something high so we can have a name for ourselves. You don't need God. You just need us. Government. I told you, we're going to get banned today. Let's keep going. How about this next deception? 2 Samuel chapter 11. Very well known. Now what happened in the spring of that year? At the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabah. But David, note with me, remained at Jerusalem. He was somewhere he wasn't supposed to be. He was supposed to do what God had called men to do, which was work and be productive. But he was over 50, and I can kind of get that now. And he decided, I know, I'll send the young men to do the work, but I will stay in Jerusalem. Well, what happens? What is the deception when we do something or we are in a place we are not supposed to be? Well, there it is. And then it happened. Nothing ever just happens. (laughs) And then it happened one night that David arose from his bed and he walked on the roof of the king's house and from the roof he saw a woman bathing. By the way, Bathsheba knew whose roof faced where. So I know we like to think that she is innocent in this. And she could very well be, we could get to heaven, she could punch me. (laughs) I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, but really, you're kind of taking a bath on your roof. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. And so David inquired about her, And someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? By the way, the unnamed person there could also be for us the Holy Spirit, telling us don't do what you're about to go do. God always gives us an out, amen? We just don't listen to it. And what the unnamed servant is saying is, uh, that's someone else's wife. Did you hear that? Don't go down that path, David. Now, we, we, hopefully, you all know what transpires later. But this talks about the deception of having sex outside of marriage. This section, you could, you could hear the argument, we're consenting adults. <laughs> what will it hurt? What seemed innocent 
ended up with an unplanned pregnancy. Not only the death of Uriah, but the death of a child. You see, the baby was a victim like so many today. Isn't that tragic? But what does the world say in its deception? You're consenting. What can it hurt? That's the deception. That no one gets hurt by that. That, That's not really true. Uriah dies because David is with Bathsheba. And the baby dies because of that. Let's go into the deception that we had on Wednesday night, 2 Chronicles chapter 25. Fresh in your mind. As we're journeying through the chronicles with the kings, now it was so, verse 14, after Amaziah came up from the slaughter of the Edomites that he he brought the gods of the people of Seir and set them up to be his god, and he bowed down before them, and he burned incense to them. Now, when you read the next verse, do you go, oh, of course that's about to happen. The anger of the Lord was aroused against Amaziah, and he sent him a prophet saying, have you sought the gods of the people which could not rescue their own people from your hand? The prophet's like, are you kidding me? Have you ever wanted to say that to somebody? Are you kidding me? God just helped you get out of a problem, and then you went to the world and said, I'm going to do the worldly thing. The deception is taking gods of this world to help you win. That's a big deception. Sadly, that's a deception inside of the church. Well, the world is doing that thing, and and the world is successful, so we're going to take that success from the world, and we're going to bring it into the church. What could go wrong? How about it's not from God at all? The deception is there. (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing at the next one. And you all know it. It's great. And thank you, Lord, for bringing it to my mind. It was very funny. Because God, listen, we serve a God of humor. He, man, I, I love serving God. He makes me laugh all the time. Why? I just have to look at the 12 apostles. And a guy like this. Jonah. Let's open up to Jonah chapter 1. <laughs> you know, the reluctant prophet. The I'm no longer a prophet, I'm a nonprofit organization. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh. Uh, parentheses, your sworn enemy. Got it? The hated enemy. The ones that have been killing the northern tribes of Israel. To that great city and cry out against it for their wickedness has come before me. (laughs) I just want to see Jonah's face when he hears that from God. Hey, uh, I want you to get up and I want you to go to North Korea. What? So Jonah arose. Do you think he did what God told him to do? No, no, no. He fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish. From the presence of God. (laughs) Doesn't that sound funny? But the Lord sent out a great wind in a sea that there was a mighty tempest on the sea 
so that the ship was about to be broken up. Now the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo off of the ship to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down to the lowest part of the ship. He had laid down, and he was fast asleep. And so the captain came to him and said, What are you doing, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us and that we may not perish. Jump down to verse 9. And so he said, no, 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 I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord God of heavens who made the sea and the dry land. And these men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from God. That means Jonah told him. <laughs> and they said, well, what should we do? He says, listen, verse 12, bless you. Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Jonah knew how to fix his problem with God. So what is the deception, church? The deception is you can run from God. Well, if, if I just stop coming to church, no one will know that I'm not coming to church. Oh, yeah, we know. We know you're sitting at home right now because of rain. Get to second service. <laughs> By the way, and Christmas Eve service. So the deception is you can run from God. Have you had that deception in your own home? A heart in your own mind? How about this next one? This is a little bit heavier. Let's go to our Italian prophet, Malachi. Malachi. Chapter 2. Now, this is the last spoken, written word that the Jews will have for 400 years. They are back in the land, they have a temple. They have some sort of uh, walls built around the city. They have an economy. They have a people. They have the priest. And this book is really a condemnation against what they were doing at this time. In Malachi chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Have we not all one Father? Have not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously with one another by profaning or making common the covenant of our fathers? For Judah has dealt treacherously, and an abomination has been committed in Israel and Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned or made common the holy institution which he loves. By the way, I don't want to get into this, but I did mention this somewhere later, is the church really has made come the things of the Lord just common. There's a lack of holiness today. There's a lack of respect inside of the church, let alone outside of the church, but just inside of the church. And God is telling the nation of Israel, you have a lack of respect for holiness and the things of the Lord and the Lord's institution, which is he loves. Note this. He has married the daughters of a foreign God. So their indictment was that they were marrying unbelievers. Malachi, 400, before, 400 years before Jesus, is talking about marrying unbelievers. He, keep, he, he keeps going. He said, may the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob the man who does this. That's called pretty clear language, isn't it? 
being awake and aware. Yet who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts? And this is the second thing that you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying. So he does not regard the offering anymore, nor receive it with a good will from your hands. Yet you say, by what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. She hate divorce. Now, this isn't me standing up here today telling you who have been divorced or if that has happened in your life that you're some kind of, a, you know, I'm damned forever. God cannot love me. That's not what it is. This is you now knowing the information and then making that choice. There's a lot of unbelievers who are marrying believers. And God says, don't do that. He, he not only tells us that in Corinthians, but he tells us it here. So there is a deception in the world and in the church about marriage and divorce. Do you see that? It's quite big, isn't it? Now, I was going to add Ananias and Sapphira, which was, would be the deception of lying against God or hiding. Uh, but I didn't do that because I want to take us now into uh, Luke and then into some of our modern uh, day deception. So, Micah, you don't need that anymore. Thank you. In our modern time, we have deceptions that go so deep that these lies have been around for so long, people no longer see them as lies, but the truth. Now, you obviously knew that I was going to quote this man. Let's see if you can figure out who it is. If you tell a big enough lie and tell it frequently enough, it will be believed. Adolf Hitler. Now, I found this, and I was excited I found this. So let me read to you. The following passage appears in a report entitled The Psychological Analysis of Adolf Hitler Done by Our, our Government. So they did an analysis on who he was. And this was one of the quotes from it. His primary rules were, never allow the public to cool off. Never, just listen to this. This is from the 1930s. And then later on when our federal government looks at it and, and, and analyzes, that's a good word, Hitler, this is what they conclude. He said, never allow the public to cool off. Never admit a fault or a wrong. Never concede that there may be some good in your enemy. Never leave room for alternatives. Never accept blame. Concentrate on one enemy at a time and blame him for everything that goes wrong. I'm not done yet. Good night, that was it right there. That was, we're done. <laughs> People will believe a big lie sooner than a little one. And if you repeat it frequently enough, people will sooner or later believe it. This is the analysis of Adolf Hitler. Wasn't that kind of like, wow. Kind of prophetic, isn't it? By the way, I don't want to freak anybody out 
But what we're experiencing today is something that didn't start in 2016. This started as soon as the Soviet, communistic, China, all of that started to infiltrate our country. And by the way, I was talking to Ed about that. You know how we were all thought that we were crazy thinking these things and now we're all proved right? The communist China has infiltrated our country since the 1940s. And apparently nobody is up in arms about that. All right, modern deception number one. And there's only three. There could be like 3,000. But I thought that these were powerful because they kind of speak into our day. Modern deception number one, you knew it was coming from me. Evolution. That man comes from nothing, and he is beholden to nobody, and this has been added lately, but the state. You see, what's interesting to me is that Darwin had his theories, and Marx took those theories, and he expanded them. And then Hitler took the ideas of Marx and expanded them. And Lenin took the ideas of Marx and expanded them. But it all goes back to what? To evolution. That, I think, is interesting. Now, I'm going to read from Ken Ham. Ken Ham gets to the bottom of the problem in this book. He has this book called The Great Lie. He shows how we can be simply... Uh, Let me do that again. He shows how we have been simply fighting the symptoms and overlooking the root cause. Why have we not been able to convince the world of the evils of abortion, divorce, homosexuality, pornography, or drugs? You see, Mr. Ham has identified the real crux of the matter. And the cause is so subtle that even most of the large religious denominations have been deceived and have failed to recognize it. He continues, with public education, government education, and even seminaries teaching that evolution, as well as the law of gravity, is scientific fact. Students have decided that there must be a naturalistic explanation for everything, and so they forget God. Listen, they knew that the Ten Commandments would put a crimp on their sexual lifestyles, and so they were quite eager to escape that and come up with something else. And so they adopted a new morality, and it's what I just quoted earlier. If it feels good, do it. Or do anything you can get away with without being caught. You see, if there is no creator, there is no purpose to life. There is thus no one watching over us to whom we must someday have to account for our actions. And I stand here today, and I'm not going to say this pretty much anymore. If people are not held accountable today for what's happened in this last year, then it will continue on and it will get worse because they are not held accountable for their actions. You don't raise children that way. Everybody must give an account. I am so frustrated with the attorney general with all that it goes on in the swamp. 
that if you and I did those, we would be locked up faster than anything else. I got to hold the line. And so we come to the root of society's problems. When God the creator is removed from the picture, there are no absolutes. There is a loss of respect for the law and absolute principles. And a man is set adrift in a purposeless universe, guided only by his fickle passions and the situations and the time and the movement in which he feels. Ken Ham, speaking of evolution in the time we... How can people go out and riot and do what they do and destroy a business next to them? The same color that they are? Evolution. It's too simple. It is. For 50 years, we have propagandized the school system. And you're going to see as we continue these deceptions, and you look at young people today. By the way, and if you're young here today and you're under 25, thank you. Lord bless you. Just listen to me through this. Listen to the other side without trying to cancel me and stop being woke. How about waking up to your own sin? Not everybody else's. Remember Jesus said, take the speck out of your eye before you pull the, or, uh, pull the telephone pole out of your eye. I'll get it. it just, it's not in my notes. See, I got to stay with it before you pull the speck out of your own neighbor's eyes. Modern deception number two. This is going to get me in trouble. Racial inequality. Guys, listen to this before you react. For thousands of years, men and women have been oppressing other men and women. Thousands upon thousands of years. No matter what color, no matter what race. Listen, I'm Irish. Do you know how they abused the Irish in this nation? I'm not asking for reparations. I should. Where's my potato privilege? Oh, you'll get that later. Listen, every group of people have been mistreated by another group of people. But we should not pit one another against another. There should be no identity politics. We are all one blood. Oh, separated by groups or separated by countries, but we all bleed red. Men and women are created in the sight of God. We understand, again, I'm going to read Kinham. We understand that God has created every single person in his image. We are different, yes, men and women. By the way, I believe that's one of the biggest things today is that difference between men and women, that we become this gender-neutral society. I can't stand that. Guys, there was a Democrat congresswoman who I would never even vote for, but I agree with her. She says, don't let men, transgender, be in women's sports. And they canceled her. What? I thought she was on your team. Isn't it amazing how violent and how the vitriol is? He, he continues, he says, while we're different, men and women, we're all created equal before God. There's no male nor female, nor Jew nor Gentile. 
we're all one in Christ. Isn't that wonderful? But we got to cancel Christianity because that statement isn't woke. And if I hear another pastor say woke again, I'm going to woke him in love and then I'll repent the next day. Since we're all descendants of Adam and Eve, we're all one race. Do you see that? We just read that Noah and his boys got off of the boat and we're all descendants from that. We're all one race, Ken says. There are many different races. I'm sorry, there aren't many different races, just one. Yes, there's different ethnicities that rose out of the events of the Tower of Babel when God divided them into different languages. According to God's word, we're all equal before God, made in His image. And this is what you got to see. And sometimes it's hard to see the motive. But if we're all made in God's image, to cancel that means it goes back to evolution. So now there is no God. There is no male nor female. There's no one we're held accountable to because the Bible is the one that says he made them male and female, but we have to cancel that because those Ten Commandments, I don't like that. You've got to see the behind everything. Modern deception number three. I got to it. Are you ready? Be afraid of everything and everyone. Good night. For we governments, the state knows best. By the way, what I'm about to say, I don't mean to offend anybody. During this time of COVID, we are bombarded with the propaganda of fear and that others, quote, experts or the state, knows best. We are told to give away our common sense and deductive reason so we can just be safe. Guys, we serve a God of reason and logic. Why do you think they want to shut down the churches? Because we promote that we serve a God of order, of love, of logic, and reason. Here at Calvary Chapel, we want you to think for yourself. Not what the man tells you to think. Especially as we will see as it contradicts. I see so many in the church abandoning their reason for the big lie and control of their lives. Simply because they're afraid. Guys, to which it's setting the stage for what we will read in a couple of months in the book of Revelation. I have never seen a year in which sets the stage for the Antichrist more than 2020. Can I get an amen? Be like, rock on. Like 2019, you're like, what? 2020? Oh. And listen. And, and I'm going to bring up something, and, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to offend, but that mask is just a precursor to the mark and the forehead. Don't be confused by that. Now, you and I won't be here. Amen, that's great. Don't worry about it. By the way, who loved the new song today? We're going to sing it at the end. So, this is all setting the stage. This flew which can be bad for some, and it can be bad for some. The assistant pastor in Calvary Chapel, Philly, Jerry Paradise, I know this man, his wife died. 
But you don't die from COVID, you die with COVID. You have something else. But that's like every other flu season. It's like every other virus. You rarely die from that. You die because you have an underlying issue. Let me get back to these notes. Like every other flu and virus that comes around each year, this year, 2020, this particular has been used to destroy a vibrant economy and elect a corrupt, dangerous politician with the help of social media banning any opposition or argument or set of facts they deem to be factual or unfactual depending on what their mood is, as well as setting the stage again for the future Antichrist and the dominion of this world. And if you would like to ask me this personally, then I'll give you more of my opinion. But up here, I want to kind of stay... All right, focused. Listen to me. 99% survival rate... It does not justify shutting down and quarantine healthy people. That's a guy who knows what he's talking about. That video was banned. Coronavirus, the virus, is smaller than the holes in any masks. We posted this almost seven months ago on our website, on YouTube. It was pulled off. I re-put it on. This is the truth. What they are telling you is a lie. It does not help. I, I, let, let me mention this. We have two new social media platforms. One is called Parlor. One is called Rumble. They are brand new. They are literally brand new. Why? Because of the social media uh, banning everything that is opposed to what they think that you should hear. Guys, this is propaganda. I was in a uh, hospital, um, like an outpatient uh, patient or whatever, doctor's office. I couldn't think of it. There it is. And they had on the screen the propaganda running nonstop that this mass helps you. It does not help you, nor does it help anybody else. That is science not an agenda. Those will never help you. Listen, I'm not somebody that just is thinking this stuff out and plays this. Guys, during the Spanish flu, that was in the 20s-ish, 30s, whatever, long time ago. They determined back then that masks didn't help. In 2004, the CDC did a study on what would happen if there was a pandemic. (laughs) What? And they surmise that masks don't help. 2007, they did the same thing. There are no studies that will tell you that masks are effective. I have this all on our parlor. You can read every single article. These are doctors. Why are they banning doctors from telling people the truth? Because if people have knowledge, they will tell... They'll tell Gavin Newsom, you can't close our churches. By the way, let's give a shout out to Oregon today, church. The governor, in her benevolency, because she's a dictator, said it's no longer 
a mandate that churches can't uh, meet. It is a recommendation. So they're going back to church in Oregon. But they're not doing that because she's a benevolent dictator because they were going to throw her out of office. Just with Gavin Newsom, over a million signatures to get that governor out. The Michigan Supreme Court told the governor in Michigan what she was doing was illegal, and she continues to forbid churches to meet. This isn't about a virus. It's about electing a corrupt government and usurping us and a prosperity that this world has never seen. But listen, it's not that I like, but that's fine if that's how God wants to work it out. I'm on the ride. I'm good. But if he says, listen, I'm giving you guys the opportunity to, to be different and to stand up in our nation, and we don't, he's going to say, I gave you the opportunity. So go to our parlor and rumble. Everything will be there. We still have our Facebook. We still have our YouTube. If they at some point start to, which they do, guys, if you go to our Facebook, you will see stuff that I post that will tell you it's not true. And you know what they do now? Oh, this is getting me excited. Now they put a, a little column below it and says, these are the real facts. Oh, by the way, who are done by Chinese operatives. That's all true. Never going to hear it. You know, what's frustrating to me is, we talked about this, depending on what part of the country you live in, you're never going to hear the real news. I have family and friends in California that have never heard that Hunter Biden was under investigation. Or that video about the mass. Or the harm the virus is going to do to people in this vaccine. Guys, there's a reason why we've never had a vaccine for a COVID. Remember, we've had SARS. COVID-19 isn't new. And not new. It's a virus strain. It's not new. There's a reason why we have never had a... <laughs> okay, let's get to Jesus because I can't handle it anymore. Luke chapter 21. Verse 8, Jesus says, take heed that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name and say, I am he. The time draws near, therefore do not go after them. Jesus is telling us that many are going to come and say that they are the Christ, they are the Messiah. Or another testament of Jesus. Those in Salt Lake City. What do you mean another testament? Oh, yeah. well, this angel Moroni and the golden glasses and the books, and it's another testament because what Jesus already told me not to be deceived. Guys, it's all deception. And religious deception, unfortunately, is one of the most dangerous because people think that they are fine with God when, in fact, they are not. Purgatory is a deception. It's not the truth. The infallible popes, that's deception. They're men. How about this one lately? There's no hell. 
How about no rapture? We live in a county where churches teach that there is no rapture. And I think this is what I ended with. No holiness. We have a deception in the church that we can live however we want to live. We have no respect for authority, for the traditions of the Lord. And again, I say traditions lightly because you know me, I'm an anti-tradition kind of guy. But where's the holiness inside of the church? Where's the wanting to come into God's house and to respect the worship that he is due? Religious deception is so bad because Satan is behind it. By the way, Satan's behind all of these. He is the father of lies. But Satan loves religion. He started it. Well, thank you for getting through that today with me. As you're like, I'm full. Uh, now I'm going to have a bad Christmas. Thanks a lot. Uh, not the present I wanted. But this is what I would encourage you to do. This will be on all of our platforms. It, will, it takes a day. It takes longer to get on Rumble for whatever reason. I encourage you to share this with your family and friends. On Christmas, why not see me on your TV screen? Because you know what? They're not going to hear this. Where they live in whatever part of the country they live. They're not going to see that video. They're not going to see the articles that I have all posted on Parlor. Again, not by kooks. By 30-year-old veteran anesthesiologists and real doctors, real nurses, real data, not an agenda, but data, facts. I encourage you to share those with people. And again, subscribe to our new platforms. It's important for you to subscribe to the, the new Parlor and the new Rumble so you know when they come out. Guys, the next few messages, Lord willing, I mean, I'm good with right now going home. We'll sing this last song, Jesus is Coming Back, and I'm good. Uh, but read ahead because now we're going to dive into Jesus talking about those things that are coming in the tribulation. And then for us as the church, we can see the, the preview, the coming attractions. Jesus will tell us it will get worse as we get closer to his, I don't know how any more worse it can get. Remember I was talking about how like if aliens drop down on the White House lawn, be like, okay, 2020. I've never seen it like that. I've never seen it that fast before. And it could be another 100 years. We all know that. But I, I, don't, I don't know how it could. Read ahead, Lord willing. And if we don't see you on Wednesday night or on Christmas Eve, have a Merry Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask that you'd bless. Lord, perfect love casts out fear. So, Lord, let your love and your Holy Spirit come into our hearts and minds. Let us be wise, yes. Be discerning, yes. Not to be foolish, but to be discerning, to have a reasonable mind, a logic mind as you have created us. So, Lord, we thank you for our time today to worship and to fellowship. 
to study your word, to be encouraged. Lord, let us not be deceived by the things of this world. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless